But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. 
you have anything in this shop as beautiful as she is? Oh, yes. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm saying we have many things as beautiful as she would want them to be. That's the point I was getting at. And I think we can all agree with that. That's why when you came in here, you know what we're going to need here? The first. We're going to need a few more people helping us out. I'll tell you why. We're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand that? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city. The street is only three blocks long. It has been called the most outlandish street of retailers in America. But the mere mention of its name conjures up immediate images of expensive clothes, Rolls Royces, and celebrities. It is Rodeo Drive. It is anchored at one end by the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, built in 1928, when Rodeo Drive was little more than a bean field. The Beverly Wilshire has hosted the creme de la creme of the jet set. Nancy Sinatra threw a 50th birthday party for her father there. Prince Charles and Lady Diana were guests. Warren Beatty, John Lennon, and Elvis all lived there for months at a time. The shopping area of Rodeo Drive is primarily three blocks straight north from the hotel. One of the street's most famous clothing stores is Giorgio. People magazine once estimated that 10% of the gowns worn at the Academy Awards come from Giorgio. The store is familiar by its trademark yellow and white awnings. Big spenders get free delivery in a vintage Rolls Royce, and every 20 seconds, an atomizer spritzes Giorgio's $150 an ounce perfume out onto the sidewalk. In the 1950s and 60s, Rodeo Drive was Beverly Hills' main shopping district, but it was unknown outside Hollywood. But in the 70s, exclusive brands like Gucci and Cartier opened up locations there, and other blockbuster labels followed. There's a reason why it's called Rodeo Drive and not Rodeo Drive, by the way. The Tongva were the region's indigenous people, and they considered the area to be a holy site because it offered one precious commodity in the desert. Water. They called it the Gathering of the Waters. The Spanish Europeans who settled the area translated that to be El Rodeo de la Agua. The street retains that Spanish pronunciation to this day. Rodeo Drive is more than just a street. It's a brand. The definition of a brand is an idea that has been attached to a product or place that has acquired a secondary meaning. When you hear the words Rodeo Drive, you don't think of a thoroughfare. You immediately think of wealth, exclusive shops, and celebrities. That is the imagery that makes Rodeo Drive so famous. It is an amazing brand. This is my annual look at brands I admire. They could be on my list because of their power, or because they revolutionized our lives, or maybe just because they've survived. They aren't necessarily hip, or current, or even number one in their category. A brand, by my definition, doesn't have to be a product you can hold in your hand. It could be a person, an animal, or even a city street like Rodeo. I only have one real criterion. Whatever it is, it has to give me brand envy. 
When America was being settled in the mid-1800s, one image dominated the landscape. The covered wagon. Thousands of people loaded all their belongings into the wagons and crossed the country in search of a new life. Those covered wagons still exist, except today they're called U-Hauls. Discharged from the Navy in 1945, 29-year-old Sam Schoen tried to rent a utility trailer so he and his wife, Anna Mary, could move their possessions from Los Angeles to Portland, Oregon. But they had no luck. No one rented trailers for moving. The closest they could find were small luggage-type trailers that could be rented in Los Angeles, but you could only use them locally. As Sam later said, no one, at that time, seemed ready or willing to serve that need. The Shones figured there were a lot of families like them that needed a short-term trailer rental that could be rented here and left there. So they drove north to Portland with only what they could fit into their 1937 Ford. During the drive, they rolled the idea of a new business around in their heads. They came up with a name, U-Haul and outlined the business model of what would become the U-Haul trailer rental system. Within two weeks of arriving in Portland, the first U-Haul trailer was parked on a gas station lot and offered for rent. By the end of that first year, in 1945, the Shones had 30 4x7-foot open trailers available for rent in Portland, Vancouver, and Seattle, Washington. Sam and Anna Schoen were also good marketers. Not only had they recognized a business opportunity, but they instinctively knew how to create an image for their company. First, the trailers were painted a bright orange. Second, they used the trailers as moving ads. Messages like one-way rentals and $2 per day were splashed across the units for all to see as the trailers roamed the highways of the nation. And third, the business model was unique as well. The trailers were all rented from gas stations and a commission system for dealers was set up. U-Haul wasn't an overnight success. The early trailers were built from the frames of scrapped automobiles and broke down repeatedly. But like all great entrepreneurs, Sam and Anna Schoen were convinced their business was viable, even though they went broke a few years after starting it. So they moved in with Anna's parents to cut expenses and didn't give up. Soon, Sam was able to obtain war surplus steel from a Navy yard, and the trailers improved. By the end of 1949, with perseverance and a belief in their vision, the Shones had established a U-Haul network right across the United States and, by 1955, right across Canada. Four years later, the U-Haul fleet consisted of over 42,000 trailers. Today, U-Haul has close to 16,000 locations and has become the leader in the do-it-yourself moving industry. I admire the U-Haul brand for several reasons. First and foremost, because it has survived for nearly 70 years. 
It has a unique business model, and its basic product and service has been consistent. It's smart enough to advertise its services on all trucks and trailers as they crisscross every highway in North America. And it still offers an affordable price in a much-needed service. I've rented U-Hauls to move my family many times in our early years, and now I rent them to move my daughters as they go off to university. A few weeks ago, I was driving with my wife on the highway, and we were in a long line of slow-moving traffic. Suddenly, we could see the hold-up 20 vehicles ahead. It was a car pulling a trailer. Oh, it's a U-Haul, my wife said, as the sun caught its orange paint. And that immediate familiarity is the sign of a great brand. Malcolm Gladwell once noted the one trait all great entrepreneurs share in common isn't an appetite for risk. It's the ability to spot a sure thing. And what an opportunity Sam and Anna Schoen saw. One out of five people move every year. The average person moves 11 times in their life. Three quarters of all movers are do-it-yourselfers. And if you added up the annual mileage of North American U-Haul trucks and trailers, it would be enough to travel around the earth 194 times a day, every day of the year. And we'll be right back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. If you're enjoying this episode, why not dip into our archives? Available wherever you download your pods. Go to terryoreilly.ca for a master episode list. 
I bet over the years a lot of those U-Haul trailers traveled to Nashville, Tennessee. Thousands have headed there in search of fame and fortune as Nashville is the mecca for country music. But I've often wondered why Nashville became the country music capital of the world. Why is it branded as Music City? Why Nashville? Well, as it is with many things, it all started with marketing. It's Grand Old Opry time! In the early 1900s, there was a business in Nashville called the National Life and Accident Insurance Company. National Life, as it was called, was doing well, and it needed to invest some money from all the premiums it was collecting. The company looked at their options and decided to start a radio station, since radio was the hot new thing in the 1920s. More importantly, it would be a way to advertise its services. So in 1925, National Life started 6.50 a.m., calling it WSM, which stood for its motto, We Shield Millions. It played jazz, classical, and gospel music. About the only thing it didn't play was country. One day, Uncle Jimmy Thompson, a 77-year-old championship fiddler, made an impromptu debut on WSM, playing old-time fiddle tunes for over an hour. Hello, folks. This is old Uncle Jimmy Thompson. I'm going to play you a fine quadrille. I learned fourth day of August in 1866. That's a long time. How old are you, Uncle Jimmy? 82. The listener response was overwhelming, and it prompted the station director, George D. Hay, to schedule a regular Saturday night show of down-home country music. He named the show The Barn Dance. Some of the regular bands in the early days included the Possum Hunters, the Binkley Brothers Dixie Clodhoppers, and the Gully Jumpers. In 1927, the phrase Grand Ole Opry was uttered by Hay for the first time. That night, Barn Dance followed the NBC Network's Music Appreciation Hour, which featured classical music selections from the Grand Opera. It prompted George Hay to say, For the past hour, we've been listening to music taken largely from the Grand Opera. From now on, we will present the Grand Ole Opry. Then he introduced harmonica wizard DeFord Bailey, who stepped up to the mic and played the Pan American Blues, inspired by the L&R Railroad Passenger Train. The freight train that was the Grand Ole Opry was set in motion that night for all time. WSM built recording studios, and Eddie Arnold was the first star to record there. Not long after, the first million-selling song was recorded in Nashville. It was called Near You, and was performed by band leader Francis Craig. That success lured the major labels to begin opening offices in Nashville. As the live audiences for the Grand Ole Opry kept growing, 
National Life's radio venue became too small to accommodate the hordes of fans. After moving to several different locations, the Opry settled in the revered Ryman Auditorium in 1943. The Ryman has been called the Mother Church of Country Music, and its remarkable acoustics are world famous. In 1974, the Opry moved to the Grand Ole Opry House at the Opryland USA theme park. Nine miles east, from the world-famous Grand Ole Opry House in Nashville, Tennessee, 6:50 a.m. WSM is proud to present the Tuesday Night Opry. The Opry broadcast is still staged live every week. I attended one last summer and marveled as the audience listened to live radio commercials read by the MC while each new singing act made quick equipment changes on stage. This portion of the Tuesday Night Opry is being brought to you by Humana, helping more than 11 million Americans make more informed healthcare decisions every day. Expect more from Humana. That format has been in place since the Opry's earliest days in the 1920s. And it is now the longest-running show in continuous production at 87 years old and counting. Together, the Grand Old Opry and Nashville have launched the careers of hundreds of country stars, and it all started with a marketing idea to promote insurance on a radio station. The absolute brilliance of Roger Federer on display again. He will defend his title tomorrow afternoon. Forty in a row at the U.S. Open. Match wins for Federer. I admire another brand called Roger Federer. While it's easy to admire his astonishing tennis accomplishments, like his 285 weeks at number one, his 73 singles titles, and 16 Grand Slam titles. I admire Federer because of what he overcame to achieve all this. It may be hard to believe, but Federer once had a lot in common with John McEnroe. He threw his rackets, cried and had temper tantrums. He screamed and commentated at every shot. He was talented, but he was unable to win. Then, after losing another match one day in 2001, Federer came to the conclusion he had to change. As he said at the time, "I just decided I cannot continue to act like an idiot on the court." Two years later, the transformation was complete, and Roger Federer began his amazing climb to the top. When you watch him now, it's hard to even imagine a temper tantrum. He is so completely composed on the court that it's intimidating to his opponents. His mother Lynette was astonished to read one of her son's first interviews with a Swiss newspaper when he was young and just starting to win. The paper asked him what he would buy with his first prize money paycheck. The answer, as the paper printed it, was a Mercedes. His mother knew him well enough to know that answer couldn't be correct, so she called the editors of the newspaper and asked to hear the taped conversation. The mother's intuition was correct. He had really said, "More CDs." I admire Federer because he created a brand based on class and performance, not because he shouted, not because he dated supermodels, and not because he kept the paparazzi busy. He let his on-court performances speak for themselves. 
I also find it interesting that his mother is listed as a major part of his management team on his official website. His wife, Mirka, was also part of the team until they had twins recently. His company is mostly a mom and pop organization in a world of slick sports agents because he has a conviction that family businesses are the best kind of enterprises. Federer treats juniors like colleagues. And he throws pizza parties for all the ball boys and girls after his matches. As a result of his class and style, he has attracted some of the world's biggest brands as sponsors, including Mercedes Benz, Gillette, Rolex, and Nike, which add over $40 million to his multi million dollar salary. If a great brand is distinctive, if it runs counterintuitive to the pack, If it overcomes potentially damaging obstacles to reach number one, then Roger Federer is a brand I envy. It was an empire built on leftovers. Earl Silas Tupper was a failed New Hampshire tree surgeon, but he liked to experiment with plastics. Tupper worked at the DuPont Chemical Company. And was particularly intrigued by polyethylene, a new material used primarily for insulation radar and radio equipment. Eager to work with the new material, but too poor to purchase any, he convinced his DuPont supervisor to give him leftover plastic. Tupper melted it down and molded it into lightweight, non breakable cups, bowls, and plates. But his real breakthrough came when he invented a liquid proof airtight lid. With that, he founded the Tupperware Plastics Company in 1938, and in 1946, he introduced his product to hardware and department stores. But it didn't do well. People were unsure how to operate the lids, and sales sagged. So, Earl Tupper hired a smart divorced mom named Brownie Wise to be head of sales. She suggested that women had to be taught how to use the product through home demonstrations. The idea was so successful that, by 1951, Tupper had pulled all his merchandise off store shelves and distributed his products strictly through direct home sales. The concept grew to become a household phenomenon called the Tupperware Party. Selling Tupperware via parties was an appealing job for women who had few career opportunities after their men returned from the war, and it gave them a way to earn money and still spend time with their children. This is Tupperware, the airtight plastic containers that keep good foods fresher longer. Here's how put in the food. Put on the patented Tupperware seal, then press down the center of the seal and lift a little at one side. Hear that whisper? That's Tupperware's airtight promise to keep foods flavor fresh. A Tupperware representative would co host a party at someone's home, and the neighborhood women would be invited. The ladies would have fun getting together, Tupperware products were demonstrated, and the host would get some Tupperware as a gift based on sales. I remember my mother hosting several Tupperware parties back in the day. It was a novel way to sell a revolutionary product, and it was revolutionary because, for the first time, it gave consumers a product that was lighter and less easy to break than traditional plates and crockery. 
As the baby boom exploded in the post-war years, Tupperware also gave busy mothers a way to organize a kitchen. And the airtight seals prevented food from drying out, wilting, or losing their freshness in new-fangled refrigerators. Prior to Tupperware, women used moist towels, tin foil, or shower caps on bowls to make food last. Over the years, Tupperware evolved to reflect modern needs, designing products for microwaves, storage systems to keep staple products in bulk, kitchen tools, and today, Tupperware even gives classes in custom kitchen planning. For over 30 years, Tupperware has revolutionized food storage. Now we've revolutionized food preparation. Tupperware, now you're cooking? Introducing Ultra 21 Ovenware. Tupperware, now you're cooking. A unique new material lets you freeze, microwave, and even bake at high temperatures. Tupperware! Now you're cooking. Ultra 21. It's guaranteed for life. Tupperware, now you're cooking. Call us for a free demonstration. Today, worldwide sales are 2.6 billion. And I noticed that my wife still refers to the Tupperware drawer in our kitchen although the drawer is filled with many items, not all of them Tupperware. It's a brand that has survived and prospered and has a global sales force of 2.7 million in over 100 countries. And even now, there is a Tupperware party being held somewhere in the world every 1.7 seconds. <laughs> when I envy a brand from my ad man's perch, I look at it with an insider's eye. I know firsthand how incredibly difficult it is to establish a brand, how lonely it is to be counterintuitive, and how resilient a brand has to be to fight the forces of time and the heat of young upstart competitors. Like U-Haul, a company founded by someone who created a service he could not find. Over 70 years later, it is still the dominant company in the busy do-it-yourself moving category. Nashville is still the country music capital after more than 80 years, sparked by an insurance company that wanted to advertise its wares on a small radio station. And who looked at leftovers and saw the future? Earl Tupper did. Tupperware built that empire on the most unlikely marketing idea home demonstrations. So powerful was that idea, it is still used today, almost 75 years later. Then there's Roger Federer, who became one of the greatest tennis players of all time by overcoming a raging obstacle, his own temper. That's why I envy products, places and people who have managed to survive and thrive in a viciously competitive, disposable world. It's what separates Main Street from Rodeo Drive when you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly.
Ron James here. Hey, buddy, I listened to your radio show today. Really enjoyed it. You know, but I'm just sitting here thinking how lucky you are to be on radio. Nobody knows you're not a great dresser. You don't have any hair to worry about. And it doesn't even matter that you're not good looking. Well, I'm telling you, being on TV is tough. I mean, I'm totally rebuilt. I envy you. Under the Influence was produced by Pirate Toronto and New York. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. See you next week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 